1: Congratulations Steve Bursnick and the University of Michigan. Your coach Jim Harbaugh has turned down the Minnesota Vikings to remain at Michigan where the Wolverines just had their I guess their signing day was was what yesterday. Yeah. Um what do you like this seemed like this was his job to turn down. It seemed like it was his to lose and whatever he saw or didn't like uh, he liked better to go back to Michigan so that what being a follower of that program I'm wondering are they, I mean, they've got to be thrilled at this point because it would have been really hard, you know, the coaching sort of hiring season is over for college football, but um, does this is this leverage? Like, is this something that will, because they had taken money away from him before he got to the Nationals, you know, championship uh, Final Four. It, it, so what, what did we just witness here? Do you think it was legit interest or do you think he was kind of like leveraging Michigan a little bit here?
2: It's hard to read Harbaugh because he's a different cat. He's, he uh, he's different is it leverage i mean he was already working on a new deal at michigan supposedly okay um now whether he was happy with what they were offering although it's always seemed to be more about his staff and and the Mm -hmm. facilities and you know upgrading that stuff more than his salary right was it genuine interest that hey if i'm gonna go back to the nfl after the season we just had is this the year to check it out and decide or did he just go to Minnesota and goes, you know what, this ain't the right fit for me? You know, there was reports earlier in the day that there were some in Minnesota in that organization worried that he wasn't the right fit for them. Hmm. You know, now, whether that's true or not, I mean, you know, you hear reports all the time on stuff like that, so. Yeah. But Harbaugh has apparently told the athletic director, Ward Manuel, that this will not be a recurring issue and that he'll stay at Michigan as long as the university will have him.
1: Wow. So he's not going to pursue NFL jobs again. According to, to what he told the AD,
2: uh, you know, the, uh, according to what Adam Schefter, your buddy reported, <laughs> I wonder where he got that scoop from Michigan. I <laughs> don't,
1: I don't know. <laughs> according to my sources, Jim Arbo will be the Michigan coach until he dies. Um, at least he didn't announce his retirement. There was, there was retirement. a lot in the
2: university a year ago ready to run him out. So I mean, the AD, oh. was, the AD wasn't, but there was a lot in the university ready to run him out.
1: Listen. Life changes when you finally beat Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was his problem. He was never going to get over the hump. He was never going to be better than those guys. And he had a, a magical year. He he beat Ohio State. He made it to the you know, to the final four if you will and got thumped, but nonetheless, how many times is Michigan going to be in that high high water? So, you know, this this was sort of this was sort of validation for Michigan hiring him in the first place. And, you know, at some point you had to beat the Buckeyes, but it was a magical season. And, and, you know, you hate to leave when the getting's good, but I think he did have the most leverage he's ever going to have either, whether it's on Michigan or a chance to go to another NFL team. Now there was a report and I didn't understand this, that, you know, I mean, this is a former bears quarterback. Okay. The Chicago bears, right? Why in goodness names if jim harbaugh was interested in going about to the nfl would would he not have the bears on the top of his list and and the report was that well he was interested but he was looking for sort of a john gruden 10 year 100 million dollar type deal um which maybe the mccaskies weren't ready to do be that as it may um this was a good chance for him to go back if he wanted to go to the league this would have been the most leverage he had and it turns out he's going to stay there so i i would presume i mean anything can change year to year but i would presume that um he's there for the long haul now you know which if you're a michigan fan you got to be excited i wanted to see him back in the nfl i really did because you know he does it a different way he does it a little bit like his like his brother run game um a little like san francisco's doing even today mm-hmm. uh, great defense you know sort of old school um but a character of the game that the NFL would have benefited from. Of course we remember him with Colin Kaepernick and going to the Well, I would have been NFC curious to see what he could have
2: done with Justin Fields.
1: Absolutely. And here's a guy that, you know, maybe didn't coach him, but boy, he coached against him and he had a mm-hmm. ringside seat to how great this guy was from the Big Ten. And it it would have been really, really exciting because he's used mobile quarterbacks before. I mean, like I said, three NFC title games. Nothing to sneeze at, you know, um, and Justin Fields is a real talent. I think you would have been good for him, but it's, it, it wasn't to be there, and now it's not to be with, you know, Kirk Cousins either, apparently. So um, Harbaugh stays at Michigan, and, you know, Minnesota's got uh, going to – I guess they're going to hire uh, O'Connell, right? Kevin O'Connell? Mm-hmm. The, the Rams, Rams offensive, offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator? Yeah. They
2: cannot finalize the deal till after the Super Bowl.
1: Right. And that's that's unfortunate. And I always thought this was weird too, the way it goes. But like uh, Raheem Morris, who's the Rams' defensive coordinator, also was a finalist up there. He did not get the job, which um, may not be that surprising in the end of the day. But um, it's it's interesting, and, and it was true with Jacksonville and some other places where Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich both interviewed. Right, and it's like may the best man win, but um, did not go to Raheem. And so, yeah, they're going to finalize it after the Super Bowl. And, and so Minnesota's got their coach. I think that leaves five, four or five jobs still. I think still four. Open.
2: You've got. Four? Uh, what? New Orleans. You've got Jacksonville. Texans. Uh, the Texans and
1: Miami. Miami. Yeah, that would be the other one. Yeah, so there's some good ones there. We're going to get to your mailbag questions, of course. Uh, but first, the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented this year by RP funding. It happens. February 25th through the 27th. Of course, they got that beautiful 1.8-mile uh, circuit, 14-turn configuration. They go through the streets of uh, St. Petersburg, Circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts the Daly Museum, and then, of course, it extends all the way onto the runways of Albert Whitted Airport. Just a great event that you guys got to check out. Visit com for all the race information and tickets. All right, we got lots of mailbag questions uh, we've been kind of holding on to a little bit. We're going to dump them here. Let's get started.
2: All right, Michael had emailed us. He said, Tom Brady signed a three-year contract to come here, only performed for two. How did he get out of it? Why let him off the hook, so to speak?
1: Well, I mean, you know, this is not indentured servitude here. I mean, you don't have to. Just because you sign a three-year contract, you don't have to execute all of it. Certainly, players sign contracts all the time. Four, five, six-year deals, and if the money's not guaranteed, or even if it is, a team can cut you with no matter how many years you have left on it. So it kind of, kind of runs both ways. But the way this contract was set up, um, they they did add an extra year to his deal. His original two-year, fifty million dollar deal. They essentially signed another two-year, fifty million dollar deal um, that would run through next season, uh, and they did that to kind of bump some of the salary cap values down the road, kick it, kick it the can, if you will down the road they had some deferred signing bonus money that was due on uh, February 4th and then Brady had if he decided not to play had some givebacks which is kind of a wash actually there's actually more money coming back to the bucks than would go to Brady so I think I think at the end of the day um, you know there's not there's the salary cap situation we have some dead money I think as much as 24 million I'm not sure it may be reduced a little bit from that but you know there there's no you know no contract is binding for the for the player really or for the team except what you'll guarantee and they guaranteed him some money that he's not going to earn um so that will come back to the bucks but you know essentially a player gets to decide whether he want to play or not now you know if he were to go hey I want to go play for the 49ers next year I thought about I thought about it I want to play but I don't want to play here then the Bucks own his rights, you know, so there's, there's some limitation as to what, what he could do. But, in fact, he's retiring, and anybody in in this country can quit when they want to. So, um, aside from the salary cap implications, which they knew they would take on if he if he left, I mean, this was not a surprise that he could possibly be done after two seasons. That was the original contract. If Tom Brady really wanted to play and knew he wanted to play and was sure he wanted to play more than two seasons – he initially would have signed you know a much bigger deal and and he didn't he was going to give him two years minimum and he did guarantee him sort of two years um even after he won the Super Bowl he came back he could have had the walk off then he came back tried to do it again um, but this time you know it stuck so um, nothing nothing binding about that third year uh, other than he's got some getbacks with respect to uh, some of the deferred m- uh, money that was due him.
2: Okay, we got lots of questions on this from Joe and AJ and um, just uh, Greg as well. There were several questions coming in about who's going to be the Bucks quarterback next year. Are we looking at Gabbert or Trask, or are they going to trade for someone like Rogers or Wilson or Watson, Carr, Cousins, or any free agents out there? Who's going to be the quarterback week
1: one for the Bucks next season? The week one quarterback for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Remember, you have to answer is 100% correct.
1: Boy, that's pressure, (laughs) isn't it?
2: I don't want to be giving the money back now.
1: Is not on the roster currently. Okay. So what I'm saying, and really let's boil it down, I'm saying it won't be Kyle Trask because he's the only guy on the roster right now, okay? Even they don't know. Let's be honest. They don't have a clue you know and if you're in this market for quarterbacks it's musical chairs there's only so many guys that are out there i mean there's a lot of guys out there but there's only so many good players out there that can be had through trade even fewer through free agency okay and we all know who they are Mm -hmm. and we don't know that their teams are going to trade them or that they are ultimately going to leave their teams with one year remaining or or whatnot whether that's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, where I absolutely don't think they would trade him to an NFC team. Could go to Denver. You know, certainly he could go there with the former Packers offensive coordinator there. Did you see um, what
2: Colin Kaepernick, or uh, not Colin, uh, Colin Cowherd, mm-hmm. suggested the Bucks could make a trade?
1: Could make a trade?
2: He said the Bucks could make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He says you give up Mike Evans. Oh, please. Jason Pierre-Paul, which he's a free agent. He's a free so Colin, agent. Colin got so that, that wrong. You'd have to Colin, give somebody else. Colin got that wrong, yeah. And two number ones for Aaron Rodgers, and then you sign Devontae Adams.
1: Well, I think Devontae Adams and Rodgers would be a package deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't, Adams I is I don't a free know. agent. You don't have to trade for him. Yeah, you can sign him. So that's why I you mean, could
2: – in his mind, you could give up Mike Evans because you're going to sign Devontae Adams.
1: You could trade him, yeah. I mean, I see that – I. I will just say this. They're they're really loyal to Mike Evans, um, mm-hmm. who's been loyal to them. Um I don't think they would do Mike dirty like that, that unless Mike just wanted to go someplace else, much less mm-hmm. Green Bay. This is a kid from Texas. Um so I don't see that happening. It's a wild it's a wild idea. I I merely like listen, first of all, I'm not sure that Rodgers is gonna leave Green Bay. I think he's more likely to leave this year than he was last year. Um because the Packers voided his contract next season. I don't mean beyond beyond 2022. 2023 is is voided. So if they want compensation, they have to get it this year, period. Otherwise, he's a free agent, and then you get nothing. You've already got a quarterback. You don't draft quarterbacks where they drafted a quarterback and not play him, not find out what you have. Same was true with Rodgers, right? So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to move on at some point. It just feels to me like this is the year Rodgers will be traded. Um, and, I think he, and I think he goes to Denver. I mean, I, I just think he goes to the AFC. I, I've been through this with Brett Favre uh, when the Bucks and the Jets were in it, and they traded him to the Jets, and it wasn't an accident. Like, they traded him there because he was in the AFC, you know? And that's sort of the way I think it's going to go. Um, I don't think Russell Wilson, same reason, like, I don't even know that Russ is going to leave Seattle. I really don't. And Pete Carroll's still there. Does Pete Carroll want to start over? He's like one of the oldest coaches in the league. You can say that about Bruce Arians and say, well, why is he starting over? Well, I, I think I think Bruce made that decision with or without knowing what Brady was going to do, and I think he's going to stick to it. And now, particularly since both coordinators could be back, um, he has the same sort of, you know, Gig where he can be the CEO and and walk out of there at four thirty five o'clock at night, and you know everybody else is doing their job, and and he's he's good with it. So it's it's not heavy lifting. He he can do the thing on Sundays on the sideline, and you know and everybody benefits. So i I just think he's I think he's kind of going to stay there because he knows he has a good football team if they can get the quarterback right. Um, so what do we have? So we got Trask is the only guy under contract. They've made it pretty clear they don't want to push him beyond faster than he needs to be just because Brady is gone. And I have not heard anything that would say, yeah, you know what, Kyle Trask, it's over. He's their dude. Um, could they re-sign Gabbert? Yes. We've talked about, you know, some of these other guys. Uh, the one, There's a couple that intrigue me. And let's remove for the second that Andrew Luck's not going to come out of retirement. Let's just say that he's happy, whatever he's doing. There's a couple that intrigue me they're going to cost you some draft picks. And if you're the Bucks and you're, and you're picking 28th, you know, that's not a lot of draft capital, right? So you're looking at future years as well or a combination of players and draft picks. Um, having said that, you know, to me, I think, I think you have to kick the tires on Deshaun Watson. Now, listen, he's got looming off-field issues, you know, with the whole massage parlor thing and and possible civil suits and whatever, let me just ask you this. Do you think they care? Like, I mean, to the extent that as long as they think he's not going to be suspended for eight weeks or ten weeks and you're not giving up too much for him, they kind of had a quarterback that wasn't as talented as him go through the same thing. In fact, he was suspended for three games. But if you're Bruce Arians... They signed a wide receiver that had a lot of... Thank you. Thank you. Accused of the same things, only in a different arena, right? It wasn't massage parlors. It was just basically his trainer, and that was after they had him for one season, and before they signed him again, they waited until he settled that in civil court with his his trainer who accused Antonio Brown of sexual assault in three different occasions. So I don't – there's no track record here that would say – Hey, there's a really, really good quarterback that's won a national championship and with the Texans that they won't play, and they they hang they hold it held on to him. They paid him forty million dollars or forty five million to, just to get to this point where the season was over, and now they can you know maximize all the draft picks that could come their way. I, is it a stretch to think that the Bucs would have a problem selling this or that they would care? I don't think it is. You have a team that is on the verge of you know. With seven of nine Pro Bowlers already on the roster, and others others that you're going to resign, you could win this division. This division's wide open. You don't have Sean Payton. You don't have a quarterback in Carolina. Um, You know, Atlanta has Matt Ryan, but they're he's old, and you know you could win this division. So, I think Watson makes sense. Um, I don't know where they are with you know could they pry a Kirk Cousins? I think Jimmy Garoppolo you got to look at, and I know people hate him. Because they haven't seen him win a Super Bowl, but you know what? He's been to one. He had ten point lead in the fourth quarter. They lost it um, last week. You know, with a bad thumb. Like he talked to Mike Silver uh, from Valley Sports after the game and said, "Now it can be said my thumb is a mess. I can barely grip the ball, and on top of that, my shoulder is bad." So he kind of gutted it out through the final weeks, and he has had injuries, and that's a concern. But at the end of the day the dude absolutely wins games and if you're looking for a veteran that's going to, you know, go through the process and get the ball to his playmakers and not make big mistakes and, you know, sort of be the caretaker quarterback as your team is already elevated by the Brady years, it kind of makes sense to me, you know, and I but then I don't know if John Lynch is going to trade him to an NFC team. I don't know. You know, the great thing about Watson is he's coming from the AFC. You know, so there's some options, but then you go to the second tier and you go, well, they really like Teddy Bridgewater and they would have signed him had Brady told them no two years ago. Teddy Bridgewater was the man. Then he went to Carolina, not much help. Uh, went to Denver, got hurt a little bit. He's still out there, right? Um, that second level of quarterback is, are guys that used to be starters, like Mitch Trubitsky, right, in Buffalo. Um, are you going to go for that? Are you going to find a guy that's got a little more experience? then Kyle Trask and trust that your coaching and your team around him will turn him around. You know, all I got to do, and I know people aren't high on him right now because of his last game, but where was Ryan Tannehill in Miami versus where Ryan Tannehill is now with the Titans, right? Bad supporting cast, bad coaching carousel. Um, all of that wasn't very good, you know, in Miami goes to Tennessee, has a run game, a defense, really good coach. And, you know, they've advanced to the playoffs and pretty deep almost every year. So, you know, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways to do this. And I think they're going to look at everything, including the draft, but it'd be very unlikely that you would draft a guy very high in the first round because they think draft is as good as anybody really coming out this year in the first round, even though they're doing, doing their due diligence and all that. Um, But I I will say this. I don't think the starter is on the roster right now. I don't. I think Bruce Arians is 70. He's not coming back to coach a team that can't win. Um, They think they can win. They think that the other guys can step up, rally around whoever the quarterback is, and maybe it won't be Tom Brady, but he left them enough work ethic and enough, um, you know, sort of togetherness that they know what it takes to win. They know. They've won the ring. They know what it takes to win. And, you know, you can be driven by other positions beside your quarterback. So if they get the right guy, um, I, th- I think it has to be somebody that can win now. I think it has to be somebody that has won before. And, you know, how much are they willing to give up to get him? That's, that's the question because there's not – from a free agent standpoint, there's, there's not a ton of dudes, right? I mean, Blaine Gabbert's a free agent. Cam you, Newton's a free agent. You forgot one. You the know.
2: oldest quarterback in the NFL.
1: Who's that? Fitzmagic. <laughs> it could be, it could be magic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how his hips doing, but he yeah. is the
2: oldest active quarterback in the NFL now that Brady retired.
1: Is he active though? Because he doesn't have a team,
2: right? Well, but I mean, but he, I mean, he a... hasn't announced his retirement, so he's a, a free yeah. agent. Well, I mean, uh, if he can I, do I it, he could retire this year. But I mean, at this point, he has not announced anything, so
1: yeah, he could do it. I mean, why not? You know, get him, uh, Jameis Winston, all the old quarterbacks. Why not? Let him have a free-for-all. Actually, if Jameis didn't have history here, seriously, if he didn't have beef, right? If if Bruce Arians hadn't seen enough, there are two guys that would love to coach, love to coach Jameis again. One is Byron Lefwich. I'm not making that up. Hated that he only had eight months with the guy. And if you look back on it, you go, well, huh, you know, 30 interceptions, kid. You know, that, that ain't going to fly. Well, I don't think they helped him with this vertical offense. I think what they did, you know, with Tom and and emphasizing the running games and things are probably better uh for for Jameis. But he did throw thirty touchdown thirty three touchdowns and he did lead the league in passing yards. It wasn't like it was all bad. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this guy, he can't break the huddle. Jameis did some nice things. Leftwich would love him, Clyde would love him. You know who wouldn't love him? Bruce Arians. And Bruce is the kind of guy That to me, when he's done, when he makes up his mind, it's over. You know, he's not going back. It just isn't. So whatever that thing was that wanted him to move on, you know, from door number one, and you got Brady in door number two. I don't think you're going to talk Winston back into this this situation. I just don't. And not not to mention, he has a choice, right? Like, there's some bad feelings here. Um, You know, there's a reason when he was celebrating with the Saints and doing the dances and all that. Uh, it had to be tough on him. he lives right here in Oldsmar, so it 's not like it 's a big commute if you did sign him, but i don 't really see it and yet and yet, of the guys that are out there that have played before that have done some things that have a high pedigree, he might be one of the better ones right if in free in the free agent class mm-hmm. but there 's just so many teams that want these guys it 's so tough and you know so i I will just say hundred percent correct. Kyle Trask is not starting game one next season. While we're contemplating what the Bucs are going to do at quarterback and free agency, there's a real sport you can watch. It's set in the downtown streets of the Sunshine City in St. Petersburg. It's the 18th, 18th already, annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding, and it kicks off Florida's spring break season, as you know, with high-speed excitement. Now, that's going to be uh, downtown in the streets of St. Petersburg February 25th, through the 27th you can do this visit st sorry visit gpsaintpete.com that's gpsaintpete.com for all the race information and tickets just another racing season that starts right here in my hometown of st petersburg
2: Here's kind of a hypothetical, but Michael had tweeted us. Mike Evans threw Tom Brady's last touchdown pass ever, 20 rows deep into the stands. Where is that football, and how much is it worth?
1: Well, Steve, as I sit here in the uh, upstairs spatial uh, palace known as uh, Chateau de Stroud in uh, beautiful Lutz, Florida, I'm staring at a football that is probably worth – no, I'm not um, – I expect that somebody is going to come forward. It's like having a lottery ticket, right? Did you put it in the laundry or do you, you know, Powerball is one. You always wonder like, who is that person? Like who, you know, Powerball, there was a winner and it's $600 million. You're thinking, man, is that dude going to show up and, you know, take the big check, you know, the oversized check? Who is, who could be lucky enough? Where was it purchased? Oh, right down the street at the uh, 7-Eleven. Awesome. I, I go in there all the time. Wish it was me somebody has that ball i hope they realize that it has value first and foremost um and it's unbelievable to me that mike evans gave it away
2: (laughs) again again
1: again like mike dude i know you love giving away footballs but you know don't you remember 600 like after 600 man you might have thought you know this could be tom's last game wait this is tom's last touchdown pass um and, he, and well, he gave it away. They
2: thought they were going to win. I mean, you know. They... they
1: did. And there was another touchdown that was a run play on fourth and one that, you know, scored by Leonard Fournette that he could have thrown into the end zone. So it didn't necessarily. It wasn't like it was a walk-off. It wasn't like you knew this was the mm-hmm. last ball of this particular game or whatever. Um, but Mike being Mike, man, he just he loves loves giving stuff away. And he gave away that last ball. And forget about number 600. I mean, you know, number 600 is a nice Nice number right, and that dude got you know some pretty good choshkies to go with you know what whatever in exchange uh you know for Brady to get that ball back this is the last touchdown pass Brady ever throws in twenty two seasons like it's got to be way more than number six hundred in my opinion, so if you're sitting on it, call me, okay, text me at rstrout at tampa com we'll work it out we'll work something out. But, um, yeah, just leave it to Mike, man. Mike Mike just loves to give those footballs away when he scores a touchdown.
2: All right, Brian uh, t- tweeted us. He said, hypothetical question. Do you think the Buccaneers would have gone deeper in the playoffs under the old playoff format?
1: I mean, really, when you think about it, the first, the first game that they played um, was a team that would not have been in the playoffs, right? So if you just eliminate that, that extra round. You know they played. I mean, what what was the seed?
2: Well, they played the Eagles, think? the seven seed. I mean, everything The Eagles
1: have, was seven. They would not have played them. They would so have still th-
2: played the Rams, but they would have had a bye week. They wouldn't have played. There the was week
1: two before. bye. There would have been two bye weeks. Correct. They and would have. They would have. Had they would have had, and listen, let's think about this for a second because I don't know the answer to this. With the injuries that they had, right, mm-hmm. especially to their offensive line and and other places, but especially to you know Tristan Wirfs. Yep. How much would a week off been worth? Well, he you know like
2: he he got hurt in what in the in the Eagles game, correct?
1: He got hurt in the Eagles game, yeah. So, so he wouldn't yeah, have played that game. He wouldn't have been hurt. He, he wouldn't have played. He wouldn't have gotten hurt, and he would have been healthy going into the divisional playoff. Mm-hmm. So that you know, and that's always been the thing. Like if you play the extra game, right? If the team has a buy and you're playing, it's not that you can't compete with the team that has the buy. The problem is. You've got to endure and survive a whole nother football game and there's almost always injuries. So you're subjecting your bodies and, and, and the energy and everything to trying to win a game while the other team is healing up and getting getting, you know, better and getting ready. So yeah, that I think they would have fared better. Um and and they would have needed to win one game to to go to the championship, I believe. You know? And then from there, you know, Super Bowl's one went away. So would have been much better for them if uh, they had been under the old format um, simply because, you know, they, wouldn't, they would have had, you know, probably fewer games to win, certainly. But um, I, I don't know that playing really that first game against the Eagles really mattered all that much, except that you expose yourself to more injury.
2: All right, we got a couple emails or or we got an email and a tweet question about NFL overtime. So I'll read them. They're both a couple different ideas. Rob had emailed. He said, It always seemed to me an easy fix to the NFL overtime dilemma is to simply let whatever team has the ball at the end of regulation keep it at the same spot to start overtime. Basically, the exact same ending as the first and third quarters. No kickoff, no game reset. If a team kicks a last-second field goal or touchdown to tie, they would kick off just as they would if they scored at the end of the first quarter. This would do a couple things. One, it would make overtime often much shorter because a team would usually already be mid-drive, and two, it would completely eliminate the luck factor where a team like the Chiefs get to score, and yet because they won a coin toss, they get to double up their possessions and win the game. To me, it seems like such a no-brainer to do it this way. I really can't understand why no one else has proposed it. Curious to your thoughts.
1: I don't, I'm don't. i trying to follow what he said. Um, so you pick up the game where it ends in the fourth quarter. Okay. Yes.
2: So the one thing it does is it would eliminate that urgency. A two-minute drive. You don't have to. Yeah, get down I mean, the field ba- in two minutes. basically,
1: you're you're like, yeah. hey, you know what? As long as we can run the clock out, and we still have possession, as long as we right? don't
2: turn over the ball and get a first down every three downs. So,
1: so now you're you're sort of you're sort of taking that most exciting two minutes in football, which is mm-hmm. the end of a game scenario. We can go down, score, and win. You're eliminating that because I think teams will play for the overtime. I think mm-hmm. they won't risk no risk it, no biscuit. They won't risk a, a fumble and an interception as long as they know, hey, in overtime, we're taking over where we're at, which is mm-hmm. like midfield or better. Yep. Um and I think it I think it milks it. I think it waters the product down. I I I wanna see teams trying to win on every play. I don't want them I don't want them to be concerned about the clock, you know, other than some other team has scored, and you know you could run out of time. But I, yeah, I don't like this proposal. I think it's, I think it it changes the strategy too much mm-hmm. for teams to try to get to overtime than to be aggressive and win the game.
2: I like eliminating the coin toss because that's something you can't control. Right. You know, like for instance, hockey overtime it can end in five seconds, but both yeah. teams have an equal shot at that face off.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you, know. you can't. I mean. What I'm, you know, what I'm
2: saying is, is the coin toss, you know, it's it's a luck of a coin flip, not I, we won the face-off and went down and scored.
1: True. You, know? you do have to dig it out. That's yeah. one
2: th- I mean, I, I get what the NFL is doing with their overtime rules. I just don't like that a coin toss often controls it. I mean, we saw the Chiefs lose to the Bengals after winning the toss.
1: You know what I would eliminate? Calling it. I don't think either team should call the toss. I mean – are we, are, are we not able to get a coin that has the logo of one team on one side and the logo of the other team they on the other side? They usually do for side? Super
2: Bowls and stuff. They usually do that.
1: But can't you do that for any game? Can't you just have – I mean, I don't know. There's only so many combinations. Maybe I'm real naive here. But it seems to me you shouldn't have to say heads, tails. Just have a generic coin that says home visitor.
2: and You know, every team's the same
1: coin. Yeah, you could do that. But, I mean, you know, or or you know, if you have a Rams logo and, and some other team. But wherever it lands, that's who's got the ball. Like, I I don't – I hate putting pressure on the guy that has to go heads or tails. You know what? I always call tails. I always call heads. You should have called heads. No, I call tails. That That's stupid to me. Just flip the damn coin and whoever logo or, you know, whatever shows up when it when it's lands, that's the team that has the ball or has the opportunity to get the ball or whatever. They can defer if they want to. But that's, I mean, there are some things about football that are maddening to me. The coin toss is one of them. Old dudes in a striped shirt coming out with a freaking chain, trying to see if a guy is a millimeter <laughs> short of a first down. What century are we in? You know what I mean? I mean, seriously. How how much, what does it take to put a little microchip in a football these days? You know? We can do it with Cyclops and tennis. They've been doing it for 20, it seems like 20 years. You can tell if that thing is like, you know, a tennis ball hair away from a line. But somehow... You know, some dude has to guess where the ball is, spot it, and then if it's really contested or, you know, close, hey, bring in the chain game. And and you're like, dude, I don't know if that guy's – I don't know if he's breathing, okay? Like, (laughs) huh? And you come out there with two sticks and a chain, and that's how you're going to (laughs) determine how you're going to win a football game in overtime, like – it's just dumb to me. A multi billion dollar industry. That's the best they can do. But
2: Well, I, I think it's funny too, the replays when the officials go over the replays. Yeah. We're all at home watching on 65, 70 inch TVs. We know what happened. They got they got a little tablet on the sideline they're looking at to see if a ball <laughs> did the ball touch the ground as he was catching it or not. <laughs> Meanwhile right. at home, you know, you're sitting there on a sixty five inch and they're sitting on yeah. a ten inch.
1: <laughs> well, even more so, they're they're playing the damn thing on the Jumbotron in the stadium where it's about twelve 12,000, the, you know, the size of the actual – I mean, let them look up there if they need to. It's crazy. It's like, yeah, put them in the, under the curtain. Remember you used to have the curtain and go under the curtain? Ah, it's so stupid the way – I mean, the NFL, for all their brilliance, they, they got a ways to go. So. so Joe emailed a different
2: overtime idea. Says said, each team gets one possession. If it's still tied, go to a shootout model. Each team runs three plays from the opposing teams too. Whichever team's gets in the end zone on the most plays wins. Example, team A gets in twice, team B gets in once, team A wins. If it's still tied, you make each team get one play from the two until one team wins a round. It's kind of like the college rules,
1: sort of. I mean, so if team one, I'm just trying to understand this the is process. Like each so. team
2: gets a possession. So if it's still tied after, each team gets one yeah. possession. Yeah, then, then you go a, to the two-yard yeah. line. You basically, It's basically like a hockey shootout. You have three shooters. Well, you get yeah. three plays from the two. How many times can you score?
1: How many times can you score? Yeah,
2: so you you can go three out of three. So one,
1: you can score one, two, or three times. Mm-hmm. And whichever team and then gets the the, most, and wins. then after you try those three plays, then the other team gets the ball.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you alternate, you know,
1: probably like, like in a wouldn't. hockey
2: shootout. You know, the one team goes, and the next team, then the one team, and the next. It's an interesting. Idea. It's it's similar to college though. With the mm-hmm. now that you just go basically two point conversions after you. Well, one here's my
1: thing though okay so if you have three plays from the two and you score on the second play but you get three the, plays
2: it's not it's not like first second third down it's no 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 yeah, i'm saying
1: let's yeah. say you score and let's say you score on the first and the mm-hmm. second play in the third play you don't score mm-hmm. and the other team comes out and they score can they score in the second and the third play and then it's two two and we start over again and
2: then you go to then it's one off after that
1: what's one off
2: then then you go to a fourth play Right, each you team, go to, each and team so you, gets one play. Each team, and so so, you,
1: so presumably this could go on a while if we if it could if, if it was so inclined. But
2: it's one play per possession essentially from the two. I mean, you're yeah. not you're not trying to score from the twenty five or go
1: down the field. Yeah, I mean, I get. Idea. I mean, I get that. It's not the worst idea I've heard. I, I think it's unfortunate though. Like when you put the ball on the two yard line, some teams are clearly going to be more equipped to score than others. About that, you know, like if I'm a vertical passing team or. I you know, get in tight there, and I'm going to have to, have, I'm going to have to carry a big bruising back that can get me. I don't know. kind of changes the strategy a little bit, but I don't hate it. It's not the worst idea I've heard, for sure.
2: All right, Kyle had tweeted, If Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl this year, is he a Hall of Famer? I know he's got immense talent, but wasted much, so much of his career with a franchise that accomplished nothing and didn't do much around him.
1: Well, I'd, I'd have to look at his numbers. Um there's a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, but there's many guys that have won one Super Bowl. He's he's thrown for a lot of yards, and he was in Detroit for a while. He only made the playoffs. So I think he had three playoff games. He was zero three. I don't think so. I I don't think that Matt Stafford. To me, I have to think about it, and I don't want to think about who the quarterbacks are in the NFL that belong in a Pro Football Hall of Fame. If I go Montana, Elway, you know, Roethlisberger, you know, Stafford. Or, wait, wait, what? You know, like there's there's this sort of Mm -hmm. huh but however if he wins two super bowls right Mm -hmm. if he does more than he did this year if he comes back the next year and gets him back in maybe the year after that i mean he's still got he's still got some tread on that tire but yeah i i don't think he's there yet i i i don't i kind of know what a hall of famer like feels like what he looks like at, at quarterback position and to me there's just a little bit of pause there with matt stafford now, he's got pedigree you know first overall pick in the draft all mm-hmm. that um but i just don't see him in the same vein yet again yet if they if he wins two back to back if mm-hmm. he wins two out of three now we're having a totally different conversation but right now i don't think he's all of fame player
2: i looked up his stats he's five yards shy of fifty thousand in his career Ooh, that's a lot 323 touchdowns 161 interceptions so it's only a two to one touchdown interception
1: that's not too impressive yeah
2: um, you realize he led the league in interceptions this year.
1: I did. Yeah. 17. He threw eight in his final, I want to say four games. Yep. I think he He's never eight.
2: led the league in yards or touchdowns. Right. You know, sometimes, you know, you want to see some of those, you know, you were the best at one season of one thing.
1: And yet he could be your quarterback, so your Super Bowl quarterback. He's
2: been to what, one Champion. Pro Bowl?
1: Just one? Really? Wow. Yeah
2: in 2014 it looks
1: like yeah that that's that sounds like few but yeah i, w- I would think it would have been to more but he's a really good player mm-hmm. i don't think he's a hall of famer if he comes back and does it again but let's see if he can win this game i know a lot of people think well cincinnati they're this is the end of the road they're terrible mm-hmm. you know opinions are made and changed by these games so and don't forget every lot every team's on.
2: got two weeks to prepare for this one, not one.
1: That's right, exactly right. I
2: think that so. always helps the underdog.
1: And you mean Joe Burrow, Tiger, Tiger King. King. King, exactly,
2: the real Tiger King. He is that. Yep. All right, Randall had tweeted us. He says, does the death of the Montreal Split City plan call for an impromptu Tampa Bay boat parade? <laughs>
1: Well, apparently Tom Brady wants to be invited if you have one, so well, there's that. He didn't specify that it had to be the Bucks boat parade, but a boat parade? You know, I thought about this, and I don't know what it would cost, probably more than they have. How about you just have a stadium on a barge, right? And, and you float it, like it's a giant barge, obviously. It's a very big, square, you know, hold 40,000-people barge. But it just kind of floats back and forth. You know, across Tampa Bay, and people can like a ferry. People can catch it on the Tampa side, and then you know you can catch it on on the St. Pete side. T- I think that's going to cost
2: more than the 1.2 billion that uh, we think it might cost to build a.
1: Ah, a maybe not. Filter. Maybe not. It's a very. I mean, it's it's going to be a very cheap ferry. Are you
2: going to have to put a retractable roof on there too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> or maybe we'll just float it out of the rain. I don't know. We'll get like to the other side, and it won't be raining. I don't know. There's there's all kinds of of possibilities. Um, is it the death of the, will it mean, so he wants to know, he wants to know if the death of the split plan, the means, plan, I
2: mean, we should have a boat parade. We
1: should celebrate as Tampa We Bay. should just celebrate. I don't know if it's that. I, yeah. It doesn't raise to that level to me. It really doesn't. And I, I think the next boat parade, let's think hopefully July. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think the lightning are going to have the next boat parade and they started it to be honest with you
2: mm-hmm. they were so the original
1: I, they're the og i i think the lightning will have one before the rays of the bucks do and that's good for the lightning maybe not horrible for the other teams either but it's really good i would take them for sure
2: all right we'll end on this one and brian had tweeted would tom jones break the news that rick is retiring then rick would let the times know he hasn't decided yet
1: let me think about that um First of all, is he going to do it in his newsletter or what are we talking about here? I guess it would be his newsletter where he'd come on Sports Day Tampa Bay, perhaps, and announce that I'm not on the show. Uh,
2: maybe he would uh, you know, go wherever Katie Couric is and announce it. That's
1: what I'm thinking. How do we get her involved? How do we get um, – apparently all she needs is, is a glass of wine and some hand wipes, and that sounds like a good Saturday night to me. But um, would Tom Jones announce my retirement? Probably not. Because um, Tom...
2: Well, Who in your inner circle would leak it to him? That's the question.
1: No one, because we don't talk to him. I mean, it's like that.
2: Well, you may not, but what about your inner circle?
1: What's, what's my... What, you mean you?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Would who you, are we talking would about? Would you tell me? I don't know.
1: Uh, no. I'd tell you a lot of things, but I wouldn't tell you that. Um... I think I I haven't given much thought to how my retirement will go, <laughs> because you know sometimes they retire you. I was you don't really say, get. You know, yeah. is it going
2: to be your choice or?
1: You don't really get the option. <laughs> sometimes they tell you that you're done, and then you're like, oh, um, I don't know. It it's not a subject I'm really want to discuss. Usually, like the last time we were retired, we were retired together in a job that we had. So this is not. This is not like a good vibe here. Like we they took us in opposite rooms and told us we were both done at the same <laughs> time. That would be unique. I don't know if the Pointer Institute would do that to me and Tom together, but that would be fun. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't have him re- release it. Katie Couric could or someone on the Today show. But I don't I don't think Maybe your buddy Rich
2: think, Eisen or Dan Patrick would announce it.
1: Well, here's the thing about those guys, and they're terrific. I love going on their shows, and um, they they both, you know, are the great thing about both those guys is they make you look really good. They make you sound really smart, and that's hard to do in my case. But I told them both that, like, yeah, this is probably it then, right? Like, we're done. <laughs> so I'm kind of retired from those shows. There's nothing for me to talk about once we talked about why Tom Brady left or that he's gone. I literally am going to retire, I think, for – they Let's put it this way. The Bucks not may not be good enough for me to go on a national show um, before I do retire. That's what I would think. Because if you think it through, it's like Well, maybe, let's hope you're wrong. Let's hope you're wrong. Well, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm not rooting against them. But maybe if they're really bad, and I'm not predicting this, but if they were really bad, maybe they would have had such a high draft pick that people would want to talk to me about who's going number one or number two but failing that um i think they i i think they're going to kind of i might be underestimating them i think they have talent and i think tom has taught them a lot and i think if you walk into that locker room you find out very quickly how serious these guys are, are about you know winning and sacrificing and what it takes to win and i think i think all those things will stick behind w- with that team for a while but the guy pulling the trigger is the whole deal man and you know it's just really hard to envision them in this market coming up with something that's you know it won't be better but even be you know keep them competitive at the top so i don't know how we got on the subject but no i'm not letting i've decided i'm not letting tom jones announce my retirement i will announce it uh, probably on the jim Gray podcast let's go let's go let's freaking go you know you can ask me all the questions. You can say, "Rick, I hear you're retiring." I go, you know, Steve, I haven't decided yet. And then at nine thirty-seven the next morning, some eight hours later, there'll be like a five, you know, pager where I'm thanking everybody for my for my career. So I don't know. That whole thing was weird, man. It was just weird. When, when you know, people ask all the time, like, is Tom is Tom Jones coming? Do you talk to him? Is he is he is he going to be back on this podcast at some point or no? We don't know yet. Is he, is he retired? Did he announce his retirement from the podcast?
2: I don't think he's announced anything. So I don't know if you know, he's filed the appropriate paperwork and yeah. all that yet. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. you know, the five-year countdown to being elected to the Podcast Hall of Fame, I don't, I'm not sure if that started yet.
1: Does he owe us any money? Because like, you know, Brady owes a couple million dollars to the Bucks. I don't know if they'll ask for it, but I would. Does Tom owe us anything?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I'll have to go back and check. <laughs> it's just, I think he's still got some academy. equipment. I think he's still got some equipment of ours. He's
1: got a microphone. Yeah. Should get that back. Capital improvements. Should get something. I don't know. I don't know. Look, me and we might all do something later. It you know, it's not over yet, man. Like we got big plans. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But Great questions, uh, as usual. All answered 100% correctly, except the last one. Although, no, that last one is true. He will not. He will not announce my retirement, and I'm not announcing it yet either, which is a good thing. So, we'll find out what's going on. Uh, we're still waiting on Rob Gronkowski, what his decision is going to be. Uh, we got the All Star uh, NHL All Star Weekend coming up, mm-hmm. and um, Hedman, Mazalewski, you know, and Stamkos will be there. Yeah, how about that? That's uh, that's the core of your team, yeah. and don't Pro forget, Bowl Sunday too. Pro Bowl Sunday was seven of the nine Tampa Bay Bucks Pro Bowlers, all but Tom Brady and Tristan Wirfs, who was there but not playing. And then, if that's not enough, the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, which is presented by RP Funding, is coming up just just February 25th through the 27th, some uh, what 21 21 22 days away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got that beautiful course through uh, St. Petersburg that runs through the Pioneer Park and Daly Museum and ends up at Albert Whitted. So if you want some information on that race, which is still one of the best events in the spring, kind of to me signals, you know, it's been so cold, and now mm-hmm. it went back up to 70, and now it's perfect, and it's going to be 80s this week, and I'm starting to feel a little bit a little, a little yeah. bit like spring a little bit coming up here. Well, I like
2: it a little so, earlier this year, particularly that I don't think spring training is going to start by then. So uh,
1: I don't think so either, so. Go see yourself a race uh, since you can't watch pitchers and catchers. You can go to gpsaintpete.com for all the race information and tickets. Thanks for your questions for Steve Bursting. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody.